It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. And tip top of the morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket for November 17th. Goodness gracious, have we really reached Thanksgiving week? Well, allow me to be the first to say happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays and hoop-dee-doo and dickery-dock and don't forget to hang up your sock. And I tell you what, it's already the season of receiving if you are a local sports fan because we, in fact, still have football at Thanksgiving week on both sides of the river. That's an amazing, wonderful thing. And we start basketball. Oh, my goodness, the wall-to-wall basketball that begins next week. It is a sports lover's paradise around here. And we're going to break it all down for you today. We're going to look forward into the basketball season. I'm going full hardwoods today. We're going to talk with Kevin Meyer as his Quincy Notre Dame Raiders get set to open their season on Friday with the uh, goalie tip-off. Always fun. Two big games for them to start off the season, and then a week later, a marquee showdown with C.E. Tolton and Monroe City. We'll break it all down with Mr. Meyer, and we're going to talk a little college basketball as well with the new guy, and that's kind of a misnomer over at Culver Stockton and Aaron Hill. As everybody well knows, he was a phenomenal basketball player in his own right at Canton High School, the son of former Culver Stockton coach Steve Hill, so we We've got a lot to talk about about the rebuild on the hill as well. But before we get into any of that, let's take a look back at last night where we did have kind of a smattering of basketball. If you want to call it a soft opening, I think that's probably fair. We did have some exciting girls basketball at the high school level last night, including a huge win for Illini West. Didn't know quite what to make of the Chargers opening their season. They opened with an impressive 33-32 victory last night at Brimfield over Brimfield in the Turkey Tournament up there. Carly Artman, young sophomore, had 20 points, but more interestingly, she hit two clutch free throws with 1.1 second left on the clock to give her team that victory. Illini West off and rolling. They'll play again today up at Brimfield at 1.30. Always a great tournament, always a tough test, so good sign that Illini West is 1-0. Also last night, McComb at their Lady Bomber Classic loses to Havana 55-50. to the Lady Bombers made a furious comeback in that one to make it interesting behind 27 points from Erica Dawson before falling just shy in that one. And we also had Southeast Iowa basketball opening up last night as Fort Madison goes on the road and loses at Centerville 57-44. to Men's college basketball last night, Quincy University falls to 1-2 and on the season. Ryan Hellenthal not real happy with his team's defense as they give up 104 points last night to the Peacocks of Upper Iowa in a 104-92 loss. Uh, again, as I mentioned, the Hawks are 1-2 and two on the season. Marcus Hinton with 21 points in a losing cause there. Women's college basketball last night. Quincy University against the always difficult Winona State squad, which is now, I believe, 5-0 and oh in their trips to the QU Subway Classic. They win again last night over the host school. 65-57 in the loss. Mika- Michaela Gronwald, the pride of Illini West, and John Wood Community College had 13 points for the Lady Hawks. The John Wood Lady Blazers with a win last night, snapping a two-game losing streak as they beat Ellsworth in a game that was, there's no really good way to put it, it was lopsided. And I mean that with a capital L last night, 76-41. to Kelsey Dishman had 17 points in that one. Scotland County's own Kelsey Wood had 10 points as well for the victors. Okay, so that's what happened last night on a limited slate. There is no limited slate today. We are locked and loaded, and obviously it all starts with football. Three teams left alive. On the Illinois side of things, Camp Point Central is playing in the state semifinals for a first-ever trip to state. 
under Brad Dixon. They've made two previous trips right here to the state quarterfinals or to the state semifinals, I should say. Winning in the quarterfinals have never gotten over the top. They will try to do so today against unbeaten Argenta Oriana. Don't cry for me, Argenta Oriana. Today at 1 o'clock, obviously a huge game for the Panthers. Now, if you're kind of playing score compare on this one, I will tell you that Arcola lost to Argento Oriana 22 to 9 this season. So very close game. I will remind you that Triopia destroyed Arcola 42 to nothing and that last week Camp Point Central destroyed Triopia 42 to 14. So if you're looking ahead, maybe Argento Oriana's schedule is a little inflated in getting to 12 and 0. We'll find out today. Fingers crossed for the Panthers and obviously extensive highlights of that one coming up tonight on overtime. Also, over in Missouri, two home games. So if you're looking for something fun to do this afternoon, you can travel to America's hometown. You can travel to Coca. You will see two very good games today. The Animal Pirates will host MICDS. That game set for 1 o'clock. The Clark County Indians will host the number one team in the state, Blair Oaks, and their phenomenal offense, which is averaging 53 points per game this season. They have not been touched by anybody. Huge task for Ethan Allen's crew today as uh, they've got a quarterback in Nolan Hare who hasn't thrown an interception all season and who for the last two years has put up, I think, close to almost uh, 7,000, 8,000 total yards of passing. The ball is going to be flying in the airways of Clark County today. Hopefully the Indians can stop them as well. Both of those teams looking to move on to the Final Four. Also, one college football game of note today. Western Illinois University is at home against Indiana State. There are people who still believe that Western Illinois has a pretty good chance of getting into the FCS playoffs if they can beat Indiana State today. There's also some thought that Indiana State could get in if they do likewise. So there is some value in that game today for the Leathernecks. The pairings will come out tomorrow, so we'll see how that all transpires. On the basketball docket today, lots of good stuff. Locally, if you want to head on out to Pepsi Arena, you can see the Quincy University women against Wayne State at 3 o'clock. If you want to head over to Mountain Dew Court on the campus of John Wood uh, Community College, John Wood women will take on Sock Valley at 3, and the John Wood men also playing today at 5. Kind of a mixed doubleheader, if you will. Good, entertaining basketball for you. Also, Mid-America Nazarene, the women's and men's squads over at Culver Stockton, and we'll break that down with Aaron Hill in just a bit as well. And Lion College is at HLG as well. And we've got high school basketball as well at Macomb, as we mentioned at Brimfield, and also today a big extravaganza over at Brown County starting at 9 o'clock. The Quincy High School girls are over there. They'll play at 10.30 and 3 p.m. if you'd like to go see them. A couple of news and notes from last night as well. We had a football coaching change last night, and if that seems strange, it strikes us as strange as well. But Clopton Ellsbury has informed Ben Burnett that he will not be back. It all seems to be budgetary, so it seems like football might be in danger in that co-op at this point. We'll do some investigation for you, find out a little bit more about that this week. And congratulations to Bowling Green High School's Philip Logeman, who is currently at St. Mary's College in Leavenworth, Kansas, at the NAIA National Cross Country Championships. He finished fourth in the nation for All-American honors, so that's a really cool deal as well. Okay, speaking of really cool, that Kevin Meyer guy is going to join us and talk Raider basketball straight ahead. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on Talk Radio 930 WTAD and FM 103.3. Here's Chris Dewar. 
So I'm not going to lie to you, fine people. I am never, ever going to complain about a long high school football season that extends into Thanksgiving because that is joy. But it has cut down on the amount of time we've had to preview high school basketball and to spend any time in the fine company of this guy, Mr. Kevin Meyer, the head coach of the Quincy Notre Dame Raiders, who joins me now. So, Kevin, I'm going to get your early take without being able to read your face. How's it going? It has been a very, very interesting, uh, you know, fall into basketball. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. But, uh, you know, we, we, we lost a lot of guys that graduated last year. And I think as coaches, we all look at that, you know, every season. And, okay, these guys come kind of the Friday night lights, Billy Bob at the end, taking guys off the board and putting guys back up and, and stuff. And so you take your guys down and, you start looking at the new guys, and I, you know, I, I like the pieces that we bring back from last year's team. We have seven seniors that uh, I think are going to carry the, the load for us this year, and pretty excited to, to get those guys going. We, we talked last night. That, listen, a week from today, we you know we have a team coming through the, the doors in the pit to play, and it's it's game week now. Let's we got to start getting focused for it. So I have this prevailing theory about your basketball team, and I've only shared it with Jet Beecham, and I should probably share it with you. So feel free to tell me <laughs> if I'm full of beans, because you will not be the first, obviously, to do this. So, I, so my theory is I think you're going to be pretty good, and here's why. You may be the best team out there without one of those five or six Infinity Stone players, but I think, and again, this is my theory, I think you have five guys who could easily be top 50 players in this area, and maybe guys on a given night who could just rain into the 10 to 15 range, just depending on how things go. Because you have kind of that, that set group of guys who have a really high ceiling moving forward, is that fair or am I full of beans? I, I would hope to think that, that we have those pieces. Um, I probably need you to come in and, and tell that to the boys a little bit more. Uh, is it a confidence some, thing? Nah, well, I mean, I think there's some guys that look around trying to figure out what their roles are. Okay. Uh, and I think that's always the fun part of the beginning. I think that, you know, you look at I kind of look at us as a, a, a kind of three-headed, almost four-headed monster with, with guys that played a lot last year with Tommy Ray as our leading scorer coming back. I, I, Tommy has grown. I mean, we do some closeout drills. I was telling one of the assistants the other day, I said, when he, when he really gets into a zone and closes out, there's not a window to get a shot off a pass. You know, we just got to make sure that Tommy understands that and stays in that zone all the time. I think, you know, the guy that I'm really excited about, too, is, is Nick Schwartz. I think he's going to have a, a breakout year. He's a kid that we've really kind of been grooming for three years, um, you know, to, to be the leader of this group and, and, and play at a high, high level. And, and he's been phenomenal at, at practice. And, you know, and then I think Dylan Foley and, and Johnny Botto are for guys that, that contributed a lot last year that are really leading us and kind of putting us in that in that mindset of we have we have some pieces that can be successful. We've got to go out and attack this season the right way, and, and that's what really gets me excited about this team. I think what I like most, and I, I like all of those guys, I, I, I have an affinity for Dylan Foley just because there's an energy and a sort of bounce that comes to your team when he's going right. Is he kind of the swing guy in that equation? I think so, because I think, you know, Dylan, when he is when he is playing with confidence, he, he, this summer there was at one of our shootouts or camps, he, he got into his head that um, – Every every shot that goes up, I'm going to call out the rebound and I'm going to go get it. Everybody in the gym is going to know it's mine, and he did that. And I, and I keep waiting for him to do that a little bit of practice because the other guys kind of feed off of his energy. He's a, he's a vocal guy that helps out some of the younger guys, 
He's also a guy that brings a ton of energy and leads by example. So then our, our other three or four seniors start looking around saying, I better catch up because he's, he's kind of getting away from us here in, the, in this pack. So we got, we, we got to bring a lot more energy. So he does a lot of different things. He's pretty vocal. Um, you know, and Dylan's always going to have a chip on his shoulder from the, from a Foley family standpoint because, you know, he's, he's chasing a medal and, uh, you know, everybody else in the family, everybody else in the family has at least one. Obviously, sisters have quite a few. So, you know, this is a, a kid that's very driven to be successful, and, and I, I like that. I, I kind of say, Dylan, here's the keys. You you can help drive this bus for us. That's a beautiful thing. I want to talk to you a little bit about Johnny as well, because obviously we know all state offensive linemen who had a fantastic year, and every time I watch him play basketball, I'm just super impressed that there's some deftness and there's some agility and there's there's all of these things that don't go with the body type in the way that he plays. What's what what is the best possible usage for him? I guess moving forward within your offense. He's a guy that, that is our pressure release. When we, when our guards start getting crawled into, we know we can throw it into John. And the two of the things I think John's got, he's got big hands. He catches a ball and you, I mean, he's got some sureness every time he catches and he pauses for a second, lets guys adjust to him. Pressure doesn't get to him. He likes guys, you know, double teams coming and he's got great footwork to be able to spin out of it and find a shooter or go to the basket and create some things. And, and he's, he's kind of, you know, Justin's kind of rubbing off on him a little bit. He, he's stepping out and shoot some threes in transition for us right now in, in uh, preseason. So, you know, he, he's another one that just brings that, that composure to us and says, okay, you know, when John has the ball, we can kind of work off of him. And he, he, he's like our pause button. I know that, okay, pressure flying around, blah, blah, blah. Throw it in there, reset. Here we go. We're going to finish this off with a good possession. Kevin, you lost a junkyard dog of a point guard. How do you find that? Is that is that like Nick playing a combo guard, or or do you have another option? I think you know losing Macker is, is is a big thing. You know, you still walk around in the gym, and you know he, he's been with me my the entire coaching career there at QND for you know the head coaching position, and you look around and you're missing him, and it's kind of like okay, what's going on? But we've had some guys that have, that have stepped up and are trying to, to take some of that, a little bit of his Nick, uh, being a combo guy, you know, we're going to need Nick to score a little bit more, but he's also going to take some defensive responsibilities. Uh, we've got Alex Mast, who kind of brings Macker's calmness to the table, uh, that, that can just, you know, again, kind of lead us in a different way. Macker's not the, the most vocal guy, but, you know, he, he didn't make a lot of mistakes and, and really kept us calm when the ball was in his hands. That's Alex. And then uh, we're bringing Grant higher up as a sophomore. Grant, uh, you know, Grant is bringing that energy. Uh, he kind of has a little bit of that junkyard dog to him. You've seen him play football. He has that same kind of energy and swagger out on the basketball court. And uh, he might be he might be our quickest guy on the floor, uh, especially end-to-end, put the ball in his hands and, and get us in transition. But he also has a little bit of a, you know, of the higher toughness that, you know, I'm going to crawl into people and, and I'm going to guard you. And it, it, it'll be fun to see how, how Grant keeps progressing, having learned a little bit of that from Macker and now Nick is the, is the next guy. You know, I, you talk about a guy that's been pretty blessed. You know, you walk into a situation, you got Carter Cramsey as your point guard. He graduates <laughs> and Macker Little's kind of sitting there waiting. Well, hey, don't forget about me. I can I can do some of this. And he graduates, and then you've got Nick Schwartz sitting there. So, you know, I've been I've been pretty blessed with with the quarterback on the floor as far as guys that we can count on. 
I want to talk to you about your schedule, and obviously, uh, you know, the, the the immediate focus is Friday and Saturday. Uh, McClure, who was, I, I believe, was like four and nineteen last year, and then Chicago Diet, who I saw, I guess from their roster, has some applicable size. Uh, I, I guess that's the start. Let's let's start there, but I want to move to those two marquee games coming next week and and, and into, into advance as well with Monroe City and Hannibal. You're going to know who you are pretty quickly. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I look at our schedule all the way through, you know, State Farm. Um, we'll be battle-tested up until that point. And then, you know, it, it, I guess it it tails off because, my goodness, we go Pittsfield, Sacred Heart, you know, BCC shootout, things like that. So, you know, we're, we, we've been really fortunate with our schedule. And I tongue-in-cheek, this might be one of our best schedules um, that we've had in a very, very long time. And I think it has to be because of the transition part. Um, you know, moving to 3A, we have to – get out and test ourselves a little bit. And I'm excited to see the teams that walk in next week. I know, you know, McClure brings some guys back. They, the guys that they're bringing back from last year, um, 56 points that okay. they bring back from last year's team. That doesn't count. You know what, you know, I'll, you always bring in a kid that, that was a sophomore that is going to be a, a varsity contributor. So you don't, you know, I mean, at least 56 points is a pretty good base to bring back. Um, like you said, that brings some size and gives us a challenge there because, you know, right now, we're, we're another sophomore we're grooming to, to contribute big minutes to is, is Max Wedding, who's you know six seven sophomore. Um, he's been sick this week, so we got to get him healthy and get him back into the swing of things next week to be able to play some of those guys. And then, yeah, from there you, know, you get into Monroe City. I know Coach Idris is uh, licking his chops for for the Raiders to to come over there, and and then going to Hannibal to play play Desi and and their guys. Um, before we get to Hannibal, we've got Macomb and Breeze Modern Day. So it's a December, November, December is the first couple of weeks really, you know, we find out who we are and then kicking the conference with, uh, with Camp Point as a trip to Palmyra. And, you know, there's always that, that one game that we play with those guys across the, across the street and, you know, going and see that beautiful new gym that, that Coach Douglas has put together. So, um, it, you know, we, like I said, we'll know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a better idea who we are. When we roll out of State Farm and, and see what the second half of the season looks for us. Yeah, I mentioned those Infinity Stone players. You're going to see just about every last one of them, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, and I'm excited about that because I think that's a good challenge for our guys. You know, we 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 keep telling our guys they we're more blue collar. Um, you know, we don't have the 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 Justin Bottles and the Carter Cramsies, the guys that are going out and scoring you know a thousand points a season. But if we can do it collectively then you can see some special things happen. And I think that when you go into a game and you know that there's a, there's a hot commodity with, with, with CE at, at Monroe or, you know, Desi at, at Hannibal, and you know that those are the guys you got to focus on. But we also learned a lot when we played West Hancock last year when we lost in sectionals. Hey, you can key on contributor or the big guys, but you can't leave other guys sitting there because they're going to have chips on their shoulders too and say, hey, don't forget about me. I'm going to hit, you know, five threes and knock you out. And uh, so, you know, we're really trying to be more balanced defensively and, and concentrate across the board, but understanding there's some special players on our schedule. And that, you know, like I said, you go to Central Catholic when we go up there um, in, in January, we'll see Luke Yoder, who might be one of the best guards in, in 2A. You know, we get to go to the Riverton shootout, and we're gonna, we know we're going to see a really, really good team over there. St. Mary's rolls in uh, again at the end of our schedule. So, you know, I think that, you know, Schedule wise, again, I didn't even mention Tolton and and uh, exactly. you know, Chicago DePaul Prep in there. So um, our schedule makers have have decided, hey, we need to have you battle tested when regionals roll around. 
It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Can't wait for Friday. Best of luck to you, Coach Meyer, and we'll see you up the road here in a couple of days. Sounds great. Thank you again for having me on, Chris. Have a great day. Always a pleasure. And when we come back, Aaron Hill is going to talk a little Culver Stockton men's basketball with us as well. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Dewar. And blessed now to be joined by our good friend Aaron Hill, the men's head basketball coach at Culver Stockton. And before I get into the nuts and bolts of your program, Aaron, as sort of the new guy back on campus and somebody with a unique understanding of that institution, I see from the outside, it looks like the culture among sports community within the Wildcat family right now is as good as I can remember in a long time. You've walked back into it. What's your sense of what's going on on campus right now? Yeah, pretty pretty rare place right now i think uh you know institutionally in a we're we're in a good place in a lot of ways but a a huge part of the college's success here and growth has been through the athletic department and you know i've been blown away by our our home game atmosphere so far our students have really come out our communities come out um football is making big strides in a good direction you know women's soccer a huge nationally ranked win uh, to end the year. There's just a lot of good stuff going on, and uh, I've been really fortunate to to step into a situation where coaches and other student athletes have really supported our guys in a great way. From from the outside, people will call this a transitional year for you because it's the first year and you're trying to build. But you never looked at it that way, have you, Aaron? No, I mean just as a competitor, you want to win every game. So um, my my old boss Jay Havens and I. He kind of joked about it because you get it in, in interviews when you get asked, you know, what would be a good year next year? Or how many games do you think you could win? But as a competitor, you say every one. I never look at the schedule at the start of the year and say, ah, not that one, not that one, not that one. You hope to go get them all and uh, you'll you'll take your guys if they'll believe in each other and work hard every day, every single night. and. and I think our guys are doing that, and then we'll just continue to make progress. I know with some of the early success you had, the William Penn game was a big one, and it was kind of a, a, a setback. But what did you learn from that? What did your guys learn from that? Yeah, we got to watch some good film on that game yesterday. I'll uh, bet. <laughs> kind of the, the game within the game. Uh, they're, they're super talented, really long. Uh, I think we're down 40-38 to 38 and give up free throw block out, and they hit a three. And they go on a little small run in the half uh, and push it to double digits. And we come out and make a couple nice plays to start the second half, and we give up a couple easy ones in transition. And with a team as talented as them, uh, you know, number two in the country, they they can be explosive. And if you give them an opportunity, it can it can a leap can grow for them quickly. If we had just if we forced a couple turnovers and gave it right back, like if we had converted in transition instead of not finishing, and, and they go convert, like it could have been a couple possession game at the half. And, um, there's there's a lot of things that we can take away from that game, and I was really pleased with our guys' approach. And we talk about being a feedback-driven culture, and they've they've really embraced watching film and trying to just gain better understanding of what it's going to take for us to be successful and be the best that we can be. So hopefully on a on a game in game out basis, other people feel like they're playing one of the best teams in the heart. I don't think you've lacked for buy-in from what I've seen of you and what I've seen of you on film. I mean, it looks like you've got guys who are willing to roll up the sleeves and do this your way. Yeah, that's been, you know, we haven't played the prettiest basketball early in the year. Uh, you can kind of throw the score from the last game out. Um, they they really, Penn played, I think, about as well as they could play offensively. When, you, when your third best player goes 10 for 11, that's going to be pretty tough to beat yeah, that's tough. on any given night. Um, but. 
uh, our success earlier this year, even in our loss to Mo Bapp, um, coming back in that game has really been based on turning people over, rebounding the ball, getting to the foul line, and just a, a resolve to not give up on a play or um, you know not let one bad possession turn into two. I've been really impressed with our guys' toughness and grit and determination, and we'll continue to play better basketball as we just develop habits and figure out who each other are and get more comfortable with each other. But uh, I've told people I'd rather be tough um, than, than pretty early in the year if you had to choose one of the two. So I've been really pleased with our guys buying. That's certainly a nice November default. What do you want this ultimately to look like? Is it, you know, just in terms of a mix, Aaron, is it some local? Is it some up and down? What, what, what is kind of your vision for this program? Yeah, it, in recruiting for us, it's all about fit. So I would I would love if there were regional kids who thought Culver was a great fit for them, both academically and athletically. We've got a lot of good things to offer. Uh, really unique, uh, one-of-a-kind academic situation in the way that our semesters are broken down, the way that our students get to travel. Uh, so a lot of good things institutionally. And and for us, uh, it'll probably be a mix of guys, transfers and four-year guys and um like I said, hopefully we can we can get some good ones from Missouri. I think that uh, as just Culver's brand continues to grow, it'll definitely open some eyes around around here and, and be more and more attractive as it's been going in a great direction for years now. And uh, you know, we'd like to recruit. You look at Villanova. They there was a great article last year that was circulating on you know they had a bunch of success and then they kind of had a couple years where they just weren't as good. And this was several years ago. And then obviously they've been essentially the premier program in the country at the Division One level. And one of their assistants was talking on the recruiting trails to a reporter, and he, they said a bunch of their success was getting guys who could drive to campus on, on recruiting visits, and they were familiar with their culture, and Villanova meant something to them. And I think that makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. I mean, they at the high major level tried to go recruit on a nationwide level, and it maybe didn't work as well as they hoped. I think it makes a lot of sense to – to get young men uh, from driving distance from three, four hours away. Uh, and I think that we, we've got some guys on our team who kind of fit that mold. And you'll always have some from different spots, depending on who you know and who's looking. But uh, it would make a lot of sense for us to hopefully be pretty good regionally recruiting. Well, I can tell you Culver Stockton basketball is in great hands. Thank you for the time, Aaron, and happy holidays to you, my friend. Yeah, thanks. You too. Thanks for having me. Always. And again, your chance to go watch Culver Stockton this afternoon. believe they play at 4 o'clock against Mid-America Nazarene. That's it for me, everybody. We'll see you right back here next week for more of The Morning Ticket. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of The Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.